The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to today's episode of the Bright Side Podcast. My guest today is my friend, Daniel Winter, aka Winterstone, one of my favorite tattoo artists, super talented guy. And I wanted to have you here today because not only are you, you know, such a talented tattoo artist, but also you're a very positive um, and spiritual person who I feel like is very inspiring. And I think that you have a lot to share with other people that would inspire them. So I wanted to have you on to just kind of talk about your career and, and who you are as a person. Well, thank you for having me. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, my pleasure. It's really cool to, uh, to have somebody say that about you. Cause you know, oftentimes you don't even really think yourself of that way. You know, you, you kind of see yourself in a, a different, a different way. And when you come off that way to people, it's, uh, it's very refreshing to know. Well, I mean, you've put in your time too, you know, and like, you've really been, especially the last couple of years, just been blowing up and for good reason, you're very talented. But do you want to you. tell our listeners a little bit about your your background? Because you you didn't start out as a tattoo artist, and you started you began as a graphic designer, right? Yeah, you know, I'm, I I since day one, I was always an artist. Uh, my mom always had a a pencil or a paintbrush or some sort of artistic creative situation going on in our household, and it just flowed always. Um, I was never good at going to school, but I was always good at going to art class and that quickly you know after high school ended I I went and uh, got a internship at Disney through a friend um, I did consumer products with them and learned how to use Photoshop and Illustrator which then led me to become a graphic designer for a couple different companies in my early you know 20s um, and got really into watercoloring and I started doing watercolors for a couple different companies selling my art and they were putting it on their cashmere. So it was called uh, A&G Cashmere. Mm-hmm. It was like the biggest thing a long time ago. And it just kept quickly evolving into newer, bigger artistic projects. And I ended up having my own clothing line. It was called Mr. Winter. And from that point, we just, um, uh, my father got sick and closed our business. So you're, just you're- kind of... Was the the business the clothing business with your father? My the clo- my clothing business was was with my younger brother. We uh, okay. I was the designer and he was the salesman. We sold everywhere, you know, Fred Siegel, Kitson, all the biggest wow. stores and all the biggest boutique stores. You probably had one of my hoodies. It was like it was it had I don't like know a if huge. I was that cool. <laughs> no, I think you did because they sold because they sold it in like at Theodore's in Malibu and like all those all the guys and girls were wearing it it was like it had said cider on the bottom and said godspeed on the arm i swear i, I bet you had it or brody probably and did what, what year like when sure. were you guys when were you guys doing that when was that that was like 2005 to about 2008 yeah see so, so i was i would have been still on the east coast at that point um uh, okay that makes yeah. sense then yeah so i really <laughs> truly truly was not that cool at that point because you're you're la born and raised <laughs> Yes, LA born and raised, uh, second generation. Uh, and to go back to how I got to tattooing, I just I kept I kept at being an artist. I kept really going for everything I could do, whether it was photography, I mean, you know, sign painting, whatever it was. And 
had this moment with my brother and we basically, he was like, just keep trying, just keep trying to do whatever you can do as an artist. And, you know, your calling will come. And then someone told me not to be a tattoo artist. Really? Yeah. And I was like, why? And I, I couldn't get a clear answer. And the clear answer for me was, well, this is probably what you should be doing. So let's, let's get a machine and, and go for it and see what happens. So I quickly learned how to use it and fell in love with the craft and started tattooing my friends. Did they explain to you why they suggested you not become a tattoo artist? Um, I, I, I think it was just <laughs> more or less out of like... Was it the lifestyle? Honestly, no, it was, it was other tattoo. It was another tattoo artist that was like, you shouldn't be a tattoo artist. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to do that and go for it. So it kind of lit a fire under my ass and was, it really, it really opened my eyes and was like, okay, this is, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. So, so that just it. motivated you even more. Oh my God. It was the biggest motivation you could ever have asked for. Very cool. So you have a very specific style. Was that, did you always focus on single line? I mean, what would, first of all, would you describe your style to our listeners just so they have a better idea? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely describe my style as delicately sharp. That's like kind of my go-to phrase when someone asks, what is your style? Delicately sharp. Mm -hmm. It's fine line, uh, very simple, clean, powerful, meaningful pieces that uh, can represent a very special moment in life and time that you want to have on your body that doesn't have to be this big, aggressive piece. It can be very small and very meaningful and hold just as much weight as an arm piece or a back piece. And I've always been drawn to simplistic side of art. So I transfer that into tattooing. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Just by keeping it so simple, you can almost, I find that in writing as well. Sometimes the most simple writing can be the most poignant, you know, like you don't need totally. to use big words or be overly dramatic to make a good point. Totally. What do you draw inspiration from for your art? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I do think as people come in to get tattooed for me and talk to me, I think the inspiration comes from the client themselves, you know? Whether they don't know what they want or exactly know how they want it, we can get inspired together. Like, for example, when we talked about your your horse tattoo, mm -hmm. you know, you inspired me to find the perfect one to show you to then tattoo it on you. So it yeah, really starts with the client. And that was a process. That's one thing I was going to ask you about totally. also was just like how how much do you like to give your client creative control versus your input in whatever they're having done. And from my own experience, like we, you were just mentioning, we really did take our time kind of over the course of a couple months, sending ideas back and forth to each other, discussing what the tattoo meant to me, why I wanted to get it. And then you made suggestions and we, and then, right, we got together in person yeah. and looked through some so it's, options. It's, a, it's an interesting um, kind of concept because with, when you're friends with somebody like, like, you know, you and I are, are friends and we, and we talk, and we talk about life and we talk about certain things. So we are able to have a little bit more of a conversation when it comes to what, for example, you want and how you want it. And most of the time, I don't know the customer. You know, mm -hmm. I would say, I would say 80% of the time, I don't know them from anybody. And I don't do my own emails. So when they come in, I have a general idea of, of what they want. But once they come in, we kind of just 
quickly have learned how to sit them down and within 10, 15 minutes, really just to get an idea for what they want. And most people come in with a very strong idea. And then it's up to me to just kind of refine it on the spot and then make our little stencil and put it on you. Yeah, because you're the artist. So at the end of the day, it's sort of got to be to some extent your interpretation of what message they're trying to get across. And I'm sure your input is so valuable to whoever's having their tattoo done too. I just try to, to let myself, you know, be open to whatever the client's feeling and, you know, intuitively kind of go with their feeling of what they're, of what they want. So there's been times where I've been completely off, right? But for the most part, um, I would say a client comes in, they know exactly kind of the idea and they'll say, oh, okay, well, I want it in this style font. And I used to do fonts like from computer, but now I only do my own handwriting. Mm. I didn't so know that. If you, yeah. So if you came in and said, I, I want this phrase and I wanted to say, let it be or survive or trust or whatever, like it's going to be in my handwriting. I, I don't use computer fonts because I think that um, for me, it cheapens the experience because right, if it's you all came, about the art, right? Right. If you're pulling day. it off of a computer, it's almost as though anyone could do that, right? If it's not your... Yeah. And, and, and having my handwriting is what makes it special, the experience, right? So it's like, you see me draw these words for you or this, you know, delicate flower or uh, arrangement of cool stars or whatever, whatever it is, it's being done right in front of you. And then we get to put it on you. And only you have that because my handwriting Mm -hmm. isn't perfect. It's mm-hmm. always changing. Every time I do a, a word, it's it's never the same. That makes it so much more special. You're right? making so everybody it, yeah. has their own version of something. And I know you like to talk about you often reference the rose as the most iconic tattoo. And what's funny to me about that is that I came to you the very fast first tattoo I ever <laughs> got with you was a rose, but. <laughs> I had no idea that it was so iconic. I didn't realize it was such a common tattoo. And so my sister's middle name is Rose. And that was sort of the inspiration for me behind. I knew I wanted a flower on my neck, but I didn't know. I didn't really have a specific one in mind. I was kind of juggling a few different ideas. And then because my sister's middle name is Rose, that was why I ultimately decided to do it. (laughs) Little did I know I was coming to like the most iconic Rose tattooer also. Like I just didn't even, I'm I'm so oblivious. Um, But it's, it's such a beautiful tattoo and it's probably my favorite tattoo that I have. And it's so simple, but I, yeah, I love it. Is, is that your favorite thing to tattoo or what is your favorite thing? You know, I would say it's definitely one of my favorite things to tattoo. I I love tattooing roses. I love tattooing words. I think words have become very powerful to me. Um, I have them all over my body. You know, I have faith. I have trust. I have patience. I have mi arendo, which means I surrender in Italian. Uh, I have so many other little words on me. But there's just like these little words of affirmation I think, uh, you know, like when you put a post-it on your bathroom mirror and you say, today is going to be a good day and I'm going to do this. And you read that every morning. 
well, I guess what? I get to have that mm-hmm. on my body. So been, like, if yeah, I'm okay. feeling, sorry to cut you off, but if I'm feeling anxious or something, I will look at my patient's tattoo because it reminds me to give me patience with myself. Yeah. So that's been very important for me. I've actually been sort of brainstorming words of affirmation that I would want to have written on me because because I'm inspired by the tattoos I see you do. I'll see something that you've done on a recent client and I think, wow, I, I, I just don't know exactly what I want the words to be. But I think that's such mm-hmm. a good point because I believe and I think you think of think like this as well. And this is what we often discuss, you know, when we're not talking about tattoos is, um, you know, spirituality and also just kind of the way we live our lives. And I think that, you know, what you think about is what you manifest and that thinking positively. And like you said, um, remembering words of affirmation and thinking along those lines really do change. It does affect the way that your life goes. So, we need to be brainstorming. I've got a few in mind. I'm like, I, first of all, not, not words, but um, well, there's a really beautiful Van Gogh quote that I've been thinking about getting. And now that you're here talking about how you do everything in your handwriting, I'm thinking, well, I might need to get that Van Gogh quote. Um, I love it. But also I really want to get some clouds. I'm just, I love clouds oh, so cool. much. And I think you could do a really cool clouds. It'd be fun. I'll show you I've some ones that I've that. done in the past and like with some okay. little raindrops and just to like really, you know, you keep them really simple and airy and just try to, you know, you don't shade them in. You just really nice lines. Yeah. You don't do much shading at all. I don't. I mean, I do and I don't. Um, I don't necessarily always post it because mm. I feel like my style has become so people, people like to see um, consistency, I think. Mm-hmm. And if and, and so, you uh, probably want to encourage people who are coming to you for a tattoo to, to get what I want to get, yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I'm wanting to tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So if I don't, yeah. I, I, and, and when it comes to that, it's just like, it's become such a thing that like, I don't, I don't like um, stepping outside the box in terms of tattooing right now, because I feel like this is the movement. This is where it's, it's going for me. And as an artist, I just kind of want to follow that path right now and just mm-hmm. let it be mm-hmm. um and that goes for everything in my life right now like i'm having to just bend and gray how do i didn't say that right <laughs> what's that phrase um i don't know <laughs> what are you trying to say <laughs> when you just have to like bear down and like oh grin and bear forward grin, grin and bear it yeah <laughs> i said it the opposite so <laughs> grin okay. and bear it you know and, and i and i feel like it, it in many aspects of my life right now especially in during this quarantine like man, I have never felt more um, alone and uh, really trying to sharpen my mind in other ways. And, and I feel like this is the perfect opportunity and time to do that. So when it comes to like tattooing, I have to stay that path mm. and keep that style going because I think people really dig it. And I don't like it when tattoos styles change too much i think they should stay very consistent stay true to the artist true yeah you hit it on the head just stay true to the artist and and go with that flow and as it changes it changes subtly but it doesn't change dramatically and i think that's a, a huge part of the art that i am doing right now 
Um, you mentioned earlier how somebody had sort of discouraged, another tattoo artist had discouraged you from becoming a tattoo artist. And so, and I think that's interesting because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was whether you feel the tattoo artist community is more collaborative or competitive. Great question. Um, I think now in our present day, uh, the tattoo community is very much collaborative. I think, uh, 10 years ago was very much the opposite. And now we're just in a different time. I think where we live in this totally different world to where there are no rules, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be a tattoo artist, be a tattoo artist. You want to start a podcast, start a podcast. Like mm-hmm. there's no rules anymore. Like you have to fight for what you want and how you want it to be. Right. Yeah. And I think that speaks to your point about maintaining your style and your art as well, because you want to have some individuality in the space. And, you know, if somebody like, I mean, I think people go to different tattoo artists, depending on what it is they're in the mood for tattoo wise. So like you said, if somebody wants a lot of shading and they want us, you know, something, a different style, go to a different artist, you know, and then there's space for Mm -hmm. both of you, which is really cool. The coolest part is, I mean, like how many people in this world are there? There's so much space for so much art and, the amount of tattooers out there compared to the amount of people getting tattooed is very small. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's room for everybody. And I, you know, I, I, I encourage younger artists to try to tattoo and see if you can do it and get out there and, and explore because you never know. Well, speaking of collaboration, who um, in the tattoo community do you really admire for their work? Oh man, I, I have a few really, really good friends uh, that that I love their tattoos. Um, my buddy Andrew the Kid, he's an amazing portrait tattoo artist. Known him for a long time. Jason Stores is a fantastic artist. Um, Mr. K in New York, Ava Tattoo, that's to name a few. You know, I mean, yeah. I have a, a bunch of friends that we talk and text regularly and just ask how we're doing and how the art goes going and. And, you know, and there's sometimes too, like where, for example, like I just get stuck on drawing something and I'm like, I just, I can't draw this, but I have to tattoo this. Can you quickly draw this for me? Oh, that's so cool. And, and, and vice versa, you know, other artists will be like, Hey, I I really need help with this font. Can you just, can you just help me with the, you know, shoot me a, a little idea and I'll refine it. And certain artists that aren't threatened by each other, even right. though our styles are similar, it's like all good. Yeah, sure. Let me, I'll take 10 minutes out of my day to, to do a little quick doodle for you to help your client and you. Right. There's um, room for everyone. And that's something totally. that's, that's a really good trait to have as a human to be inclusive and understand that there's room for everyone and, you know, yeah. work like that. Definitely. I think it's a big, it's a good thing, you know, and this might be totally off subject, but if you don't ask for what you want, you'll never mm-hmm. get the answer. And a lot of people are afraid. And I think in the tattoo industry to ask for help, you know, right. Like like it makes them lesser or not as. Yeah. Right. If they ask, but you, but, but you don't think back in the day, like Pablo Picasso and Salvador Dali weren't fucking hanging out talking about Mm -hmm. paint strokes. I guarantee you they were. 
No, it was the same with Van Gogh, and I'm, I can't remember, I can't recall his best friend's name, but he was a fellow artist, and they consistently worked collaboratively, like going out and working together and giving each other feedback. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you grow. You can't just grow entirely on your own, right? You have no. to have people to bounce ideas off of. And um, I had uh, Rachel Zoe on the podcast the other day, and we were talking about that in the form of management style. She was saying how important it is to within a workspace. If anybody's like a mean girl or you're not working collaboratively or, you know, you're, you know, really competitive with each other, that that's, it might be effective in the short term, but in the long term, that's just not, you know, effective. You have to, you have to be able to work with other people. And like she said, um, jealousy is the ugliest emotion. And there's, she just doesn't have room for it. And I think that's so important to remember is like you grow so much more and you're going to be so much more effective if you can put jealousy aside. You know, and, and it's, it's so true. I think there's, there's different forms of jealousy. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's positive jealousy where it drives you to be better Mm -hmm. for, for example, like as a tattoo artist or a boyfriend or a husband or whatever, for me, in my mind, like a little jealousy helps you keep sharp. Yeah. A jealousy where you admire somebody for something, right? Or you appreciate them for something and you want to match that level. Totally. And then you get there and then you're like, okay, cool. That's awesome. And I, and and it makes you feel good because, uh, there's, I, I just think there's ugly jealousy and then there's, there's healthy jealousy. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a really good point. Cause I agree. I would say that I'm, there are times where I will feel like somebody's so much better than me at something and it totally motivates me to just work harder, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't hold it against them, but I guess maybe the feeling I feel at the at times is jealousy, but like you said, it, in a positive way, it totally does encourage me to just work that much harder to get to that place. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you anymore. It's just, it's, it's a positive thing. And, you know, I've had these conversations with multiple people about, you know, jealousy and how it can be a good thing and a bad thing. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's like everything else. Like if you just, everything else is like, it, it's, it's all moderation, right? So if you can give a little bit of that jealous part of yourself to motivate you to be better, then that's, that's a positive way to look at it. On the bright side, as we like to say around here. On the bright side. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Maybe that'll be a tattoo for you. On the bright side. I know. I know. It's. it's, I guess that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Or maybe maybe like a little cloud with like a little sun peeking through. That's cute. Maybe that's what we could do. Yeah. This is why we need you. (laughs) (laughs) You got all the good ideas. Is there anything that, have you ever had someone come to you with an idea that you were like, absolutely fucking not? (laughs) Yeah, of course. You know, all the time. I mean, people ask me to do weird shit and I'm like, that's just not my style. I mean, for example, like a client came in, he waited a year to come in. And we asked him multiple times, what are you thinking about getting tattooed? And he comes in and says, I want two Dragon Ball Z characters in color tattooed on my arms. And I just looked at him and I was like, man, I was like, in the sweetest, kindest way, I was like, that's not you. That's not my style at all. And I, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever portrayed that style. And I was just curious, like, how, how did you get to that point of thought? And he's like, well, I thought, you could just do it. And I was like, that makes sense. So this was a long time ago. And I clearly now state on my Instagram, black ink only. 
single line, fine line. And that's why when you see my post, it's very much, you know, driven towards that kind of simplistic version of, uh, you know, again, going back to the words delicately sharp. Right. And it's not like just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should or would, you know, (laughs) because I've seen you, I mean, I, I'm the baby elephants that you did or the mom and the baby that comes to mind for me, because I think that's such a beautiful drawing or a beautiful image, but I know that's, that's a little bit more along the lines of doing the shading. So I, I, my point being that I know you're capable of doing all kinds of more small stuff, detailed art, but yeah. Yes. I like. I will do those and I love doing them. It's just usually on the smaller side because um, I've realized uh, for me to produce the best tattoos, I like to work within an hour of Mm. tattooing. Earlier in my career, I was doing bigger tattoos and I just found myself getting so tired after hour three and it didn't make sense to me. So the whole experience now when you come in to get a tattoo is usually anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour you come in we sit down we talk and we get it done and assuming all goes well with all this quarantine that time my that timeline might have to be even cut down so I might have to be doing more consultations via FaceTime with my clients to just kind of get that out of the way first so we know and then when they come in that can you know yeah, so you can be getting people in and out because your wait list is how long at this point for anyone listening who doesn't know, <laughs> Daniel's wait list, well, first of all, your clientele is just like all of the biggest names on planet Earth, I feel at this point, that you tattoo. But I regularly have people, and I know this drives you nuts, regularly have people who hit me up like, can you get me in to see Daniel? I, you know, and there's, obviously there's nothing I can do. I'm like, I'm waiting just like you guys. Um <laughs> But I mean, how long, just in case anyone's wondering if they want to get in to get a tattoo with you? Um, we're, we're booking about a year and a half to two years <laughs> out right now. So nuts. <laughs> I mean, and good for gonna, you. It's going to get changed. Do I thought things were going to slow down in terms of emails during this time? But I think because people know that I'm booked out so far that they are, I'm still getting the same amount of emails that I was pre-quarantine. Um, so my girls are still sending out emails and, uh, booking appointments for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's good. It's shut down right now and I haven't tattooed a soul, but at the same time, it's like, I feel really bad for whoever is listening to this that did have an appointment in March, April, May, June. Um, we will rebook you and you will get a spot. You will not be overlooked. And we will do our best to absolutely I mean, get you in. That's certainly a blessing in this time too, to know that you've got so much work already booked out for the next year or two, you know? Yeah. Really it fortunate. Is. It is. It is. It's given me peace of mind, honestly, Caitlin. Like mm-hmm. it's it's more me feeling bad not being like, damn, like I I feel bad for the client. Like I they waited so long and I want to mm-hmm be able to give them what they waited for. And uh, I know that I would be upset too, but I've had such an amazing response with emails, you know, just saying, we're so happy you're following the rules. You know, we, we, we admire that. We respect that. We totally understand. Obviously this is a worldwide pandemic that's going on. So I really don't have control over that. And it's really um, a bummer, you know, and it's, it's going to be all up to the government and the health board to, to let us reopen when, when we yeah, can. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing tattoos, you're working so intimately with someone. It's 
pretty much, you know, there's no maintaining distance there. What's yeah. something, one of the things I like to talk about on this podcast is um, an experience that you've had that was felt negative at the time or was sad or challenging, but ultimately was positive. I would say as a tat, like for me in the tattoo studio. I mean, it can be personal amount- too, whatever you want to talk about. Maybe we do both. In, okay. in the studio, I carry a lot of people's emotions with me away from them. So I find myself in this place of like somebody coming in having a really hard time. And this tattoo means everything to them. And I realized as a tattoo artist, I have been or have opened myself to be the empathetic human that I am. So I take on a lot of energy, whether it's good, bad, whatever. And when I leave the day, I feel that. And I have not fully figured out how to comprehend all of that yet and how to protect myself from those feelings. So it's, it's a blessing in disguise because I'm able to help people, but I'm also still learning how to protect myself from taking on that energy. Um, right. It's a little bit of, yeah. I mean, it's just a little bit of a double-edged sword. Like you, totally. yeah, because you, like you said, you're helping people and memorializing something for them. Um, but right. Yeah. That's, that would be a lot to take on because people probably tell it's you some intense shit, right? I mean, it's, it's nonstop. I mean, from, you know, from the happiest moments to when they met their person to, the saddest moments of losing uh, their only child in a car accident and being in a room with these two parents and listening to their story and putting this artwork on them that changed their life course. Mm -hmm. And I'm now sitting there in this moment with these people experiencing this heavy moment. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's really opened me up as a human to like, see bigger picture and learn from all of these experiences because every time people come in, it's a different experience. And I have, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was uh, until about the age of about 25, 26, 27, I was not so open as a human. I was very um, introverted. Mm. And as I became into my thirties, I realized that like, man, that's just not, that's not, I was never that person. I was always meant to be out there and testing people's boundaries and pushing people and being an extrovert and being outside and giving love and loving. And the tattooing is really, really, really open. Yeah. I mean, that's such a cool way to, I mean, so it's cathartic for you tattooing. Yes. And it's healing for me. This is something that I, have sort of been discovering as well, but recently. So I don't know if it's sim- sort of similar timing to you because I'm now 31, but I I feel like in some ways I never really went through a lot of challenges emotionally when I was younger. And this past year I've been going through a lot. And what I've gained from that is like this whole other level of realizing that there are ways in which I can, I would express, express all of this emotion that I just wasn't even tapping into before, you know, creative yeah. ways like writing or even just different modes that I'm not necessarily that good at, but are, are having fun. Like there are just different ways that of expressing emotion yeah. 
I read this quote the other day about finding purpose and it was like, you don't find your purpose, you stumble upon it. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> right. And I think that was such a yes. good quote because it sort of, I was sort of thinking like, that's true. You can't really go out seeking, you know, sh- you have to actually fall into these emotions and these circumstances that pull all of pull emotion out of you or inspiration out of you. So I don't know if I'm, I'm circling back to what you no, were saying, but it's so true because like as an artist, as you know, I don't know what you label yourself as personality, I guess, or actress. Well, you personality. know, I, I, these days, see, that's been a part of the process too, is that like, I always sort of have fallen into um, different career paths. And what I've really found lately is that when it comes down to it, and when I'm emotional, the way that I express myself that is the most cathartic, and I feel like I'm the best at is through writing. So I, Mm -hmm. and, and I studied journalism and writing in school. That's what I always thought I wanted to do, but I just don't think I ever really had the motivation or inspiration to sit down and do it until I had some of these more, you know, challenging emotional times. And so, so now I consider myself, I would say a writer because that's really at my core, the way that I express myself the best. So it's time for you to write a book. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you know, I'm writing, um, I, I've, I actually am writing a scripted show. Oh, there you go. So I'm doing that scripted series. Um, I write for this podcast, of course. I write, um, I write essays all the time, but I just don't publish <laughs> them a lot. You know, I, I have like a, all these drafted essays on my computer or I'm, I mean, I even write poetry. I just don't put it all out there, you know? Yeah, that's fine. But just you don't writing have to it. keep it for yourself for now. And when you're ready to like, you know, take that jump and be, you know, like my post yesterday was about courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday was a day of courage for me that um, it's just funny how life works. There's this courage in my life that I've, that I've had to find recently. And uh, I think people need to be, you know, you need to really find the courage to, to do the uncomfortable thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the uncomfortable thing is putting yourself out there. Even, you know, like, am I, am I a good enough writer to be, you know, publishing a book or putting my poems out there, but you have to have the courage because look at what you've done in your career and where you've gone, how you started, where you're at now, what you've gone through press wise, what you've gone through all different other things. Like that shit is what gives you the motivation to push through to the next step of your life. You know, and you're 31, I'm 38. So like I'm, I'm going into my forties and I feel more growth as a human than I've ever felt in this past two years of my life, ever. Do you ever get frustrated? I've been, I've been sort of experiencing this lately, like frustration with the fact that now I'm having all these realizations and I wish I just had them before, yeah, you know, like, I'm like, why, why was I never, I've never been very um, vulnerable emotionally. Like I, I don't ever really talk about my feelings, even, you know, in, with my friends, with relationships in any scenario, I'm always kind of like, I keep everything to myself. I don't want to make anything anyone else's problem. But what I've sort of realized is that doesn't necessarily help with communication. Like you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to put yourself out there in order to make, right. And then I get frustrated because I'm like, why didn't I realize this like 
five years ago, (laughs) as you learn and you grow. Yeah. You know, and it's so true. Like, I mean, you have to be vulnerable, you know, and, and oftentimes I think, um, coming from a man's, uh, perspective, you know, being vulnerable with a woman and being able to speak your feelings and, and, and be emotional and cry and show your weak side is something that is lost, I think, in this world, or at least in this general kind of like what it is to be a man, like, you have to be in touch with it all, right? You're feminine, you're, you're masculine, because if you're, if you're not, you're never gonna, you're never gonna move forward, you're just gonna be stagnant. And you're gonna learn from your mistakes. So like, yeah, be be more vulnerable, you know, with with your people, like, the right people will listen, and give you good advice. And the wrong people won't listen and won't want to hear you. So you know mm-hmm. who you can be vulnerable with. And you have that now, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I have it. I mean, I've learned, I've learned that a lot recently. Yeah. yeah. It's like finding the people who actually really are there for you and who yeah. actually really do love you. And, and it makes, I think because I was never vulnerable before, I was really never discerning who those different people were. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I, if I'm never sharing anything that's too deep or personal to me or too emotional, then nobody you know there's no real differentiating who's actually there just for the fun times and who's really there for you no matter what yeah 100 percent. and i think you find that out real quickly in times like these you know in in uh, this you know situation that we're all in together like there's people that really fucking matter and really care mm-hmm. and there's people that you can really talk to and count on and there's other people that are really good friends of mine but i haven't spoke to in three months mm-hmm. And you, yeah, like you really care about them, but I care, but right. there's just no reaching out on either ends. And it's, uh, you know, everybody goes through what they go through. But I think in times like this, you really kind of realize like, it's okay to be vulnerable. And it's the only way to grow is to let your guard down, mm-hmm. whether that means pushing in or pulling back or whatever it is. Well, I feel like I could, you and I could keep talking for the next two hours. So, um, (laughs) um, but before, so before we wrap it up, I want to just ask you, because I like to ask everyone this while they're on here. um, Is there anyone in your life who is either going through something really challenging or um, somebody who's just been, you know, a pillar for you in your life that you would want everyone listening to send positive thoughts or vibes to today? I would love to, and we'll just say a little. I know who it is. Okay, so we'll just I leave. Think. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right. We'll keep it between <laughs> us. But someone who's important to you. Someone is. Someone's we'll very important to me. Who I. I would. Yes, I would love to have all the positive energy and vibes towards that person. So. Okay, that's very sweet of they you. They can. They can heal and mm-hmm. figure things out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You. I love talking to you. We're going for a hike ASAP, yes. right? Yeah, I'm done. How's that hamstring? It's so much better. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Well, just hit me up because I'm around. Okay. So we'll do it soon. I will. I'll okay. talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for having Bye. me on. Bye. Bye.